All right, welcome to Around the Campfire. I am here with Gary and Jenny today. Um, they are friends of Tim and Marcy who have already been on the podcast. And Tim and Marcy told me right away, you have to talk to Gary and Jenny. They have amazing stories and an amazing experience. And I know you guys did uh, something like a blog. It was called something different. Yep. And uh, so yeah. um, I guess, you know, this podcast is about people that love RVing, camping, traveling, fifth wheel, tenting, any of that stuff. So um, it, it kind of stems from my dream someday. I would like to own an RV yeah. and travel. Yeah. Yep. Maybe in retirement, maybe sooner. It's amazing um, how many people say that when you start yeah. talking about it. Right. Me, right. I think it's, you know, I wonder what it is about me that wants wants to do that. I think it's just the freedom of going where yeah. you want to go. If, you know, the, the convenience of if you want to pick up and move and go to a different spot if or change you your don't mind, like you your can... neighbors in the campground you can always move your house i love that, <laughs> well. I, I love that. if you don't like your neighbors you can move your house that's that's perfect so did, how, tell me about you did you grow up camping and no um, no 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 neither the, one of the us only did. camping experience really i i was a, a, a scout master for a boy scout troop mm -hmm. and you know, we, we took the boys out camping. But okay. other than that, we didn't do that. Uh, we hadn't RV'd or camped. Okay. We like to travel, though. Okay. And when I retired in 2005, and uh, we were talking about what we wanted to do, and and we got kicking around this idea about trying out the RV business, you know, we thought, well, maybe we'll give it a try for a while. And we went to a lot of RV shows and things to get information to look around. We finally thought, well, let's give it a try, try for a year. Mm -hmm. We're either going to come home in a month yeah. and divorce, mm -hmm. or we're going to love it. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of time together, right? When you do it. <laughs> in 400 time. square feet. <laughs> End up being almost eight years. We, we oh, did wow. It. Yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And cool. a lot of people part-time RV, like mm -hmm. Tim and Marcy, they mm -hmm. RV in the winter and they're home in the summer. So they have their home. They have their home base. We got rid of it all. Oh, you sold your home. Yep. We sold our put home. Put stuff in storage, maybe? We, okay. we had some, yeah. We put the important things of, of our family in storage, uh -huh. and that was our home. Yeah. Okay. We had no safety net. No. So now you we bought, had, you had yeah, no safety net. We had never RVed or <laughs> camped in our lives. Wow. That's pretty, yeah, that's going for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's going for it. And in 2005, you could get a pretty nice site for a nice RV with 50 amp electric, which mm -hmm. some of the larger RVs need more than 30 for your gray water tank and your black water tank and, you know, all that. You could get it for about $18 a night. Okay. That was in 2005. By the time we left RVing in 2011, 12, it was forty dollars. Oh, so it went up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. A lot. Yeah. So yeah. it makes a big difference. Yeah. So I'd love to know. So you decided this is something you wanted to do. Did yeah. you um, was fifth wheel an option? RV classic. Class we we, we pretty much knew right off the bat from going to the RV shows that uh -huh. we were we were pretty sold on uh, class A motorhome. Okay. And and so I started doing... We wanted doing, the slide out yeah. uh -huh. for the room. I started doing a lot of the research, thank goodness for the internet. Yeah. And and started doing a lot of research. And I was following, I think, at one point, four or five different sites for uh, that sold RVs, used uh -huh. RVs. Yeah. 
And we finally stumbled across one uh, actually over by Milwaukee. Uh-huh. It was a, a 40 footer, 2004. This was 2005, so it was only a year old. Uh-huh. And then, and we ended up contacting the individual, went over, looked at it, and said, This is the one. We just you know, kind of walked, went through it and said, This fits us. Great. And, uh, you know, it's interesting looking back now how we accidentally stumbled into things in a, in a, in a lot of good ways right. that we had never even thought of. For I mean, just for example, in our motorhome, when our slides were in and we were moving, it, they were, it was designed so that we could still walk from the front of the motorhome all the way back oh. to the bedroom. So we'd get to the, we'd get to the kitchen area, we'd get to the, the restrooms uh-huh. uh, the refrigerator without for a, drink. a blockage. A lot, of, a lot of the designs stop you, like at the living room, and you can't get to the bathrooms. Right. And we and we found out how lucky was that that we accidentally that was an accident without even realizing it right. we, we stumbled across that so it's just one of those interesting things that you think you do all this research and later on you find out boy was I was I dumb no. <laughs> we also ran across in doing research it also led us to several sites for full time RVers oh yes that's full timers are the key to a successful RV. Yeah. Right. life because the information they have is invaluable it's experience it's time on the road it is a, a combination of practical knowledge and just being with other people that enjoy the same things sure. you do we both had very successful careers mm-hmm. and i owned my own business and you get caught up in your value is what you do, not who you are. Mm-hmm. And you go on the road, and all of that falls away. Right. It. They don't care how you dress, whether yeah. you're wearing makeup, whether what you did for a living, how much money you made. All they care about is, are you a nice person, and do you enjoy the same things that we do? Right. And we have friends now. We've been off the road since 2012. And we have friends that we're still as close to that are still RV. And you made those friends just by meeting up with them yep. at different RV parks? We or? actually, we actually, our best friends, we made, we, we, we uh, became friendly with over the internet. Okay. There was, a, there was a whole slew of people in 2005 that retired that year. And we, we formed an internet group called the Graduation Class of 05. Okay. <laughs> and we also we set up our first get-togethers. I think a number of them probably who were close to each other maybe had gotten together on their own. Okay. But as the entire group, we set up a, 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 a outing, if you will, in uh-huh. Quartzsite, Arizona in okay. 2006, in January. Quartzsite, Arizona is this little little burg of a town out in there in the middle of the desert but every january that for the entire month every week they the, the the little town hosts some huge event one week it's going to be an auto show one week it's a rock show another week it could be something else one week it's this rv thing people come from all over the country to to, to go to this thing and most people are doing dry camping out in the desert okay the bureau of land management yeah yeah which has is tons of land out there. Minimal charge, if not free. Thirty-five dollars mm-hmm. for the week. Right, you know? I think I've heard. Of, and then if you if you camp out in Arizona, you have to move like once every two weeks exactly. or something. But well, a can... lot of places are different. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, but yes. Yeah. You know. Right. But um, and so we 
we put this whole thing together on the internet without ever meeting them. Okay. And and so we we actually that wasn't our for the first places we went to, but in January we, we headed out there and we got out there and uh, these friends uh, um, of ours that we got to know. That I think they had they arrived first. I forget. There was several couples that had arrived no, before but, us. But Sandy and Sandy uh, and, Ken and Ken and and Henry and. No, we were there first because the funny thing was. We got out there, and, it, and we were so far out in the desert that we told everybody, when you're coming, let us know when you're coming through town, and we'll send somebody up to the main gate mm-hmm. and to lead you out here, because you'll never find your way out here otherwise. <laughs> oh, and, wow. and they did that. And here comes uh, you know, Ken and Sandy. Of course, we hadn't met them yet. And I started laughing as soon as I saw them. They're, they're towing. They got a motor home. They're towing the exact same kind of truck we're driving that we towed. Really? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Wow. This is the GMC. I was the Chevrolet. Exact same color. <laughs> same year. I just sat there and wow. I can't. I can't believe this. What are the chances? <laughs> you know, it was just an interesting coincidence. Sure. But so we we all camped out there for a week. We got to know desert. other RVers. Got a lot of information <clears throat> from them. Sure. But when we first started. We thought, you know, we're pretty active people as far as liking to do things, not mm-hmm. just liking to sit in a chair, you know. Right. And so what are we going to do besides just enjoy the environment around us? Sure. We knew we wanted to visit state parks uh, and a lot of national parks, mm-hmm. but we wanted to also visit certain areas of the country. So we got information from people, and they said, you know, a lot of state parks want people to come and they will give you a site for free if you just are kind of like a welcoming committee and walk around the campground and greet people that come in, be there because the rangers are far away right? and be there for problems or guests needing something. And they're called camp hosts. That's right. I've heard of that camp hosts. Yes. And so (laughs) Gary contacted a park in North Carolina and it was called Rocky Mountain. State Park. Medoc Mountain. Medoc Mountain. It was outside of Rocky Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. And they had never had camp hosts before. We had never camp hosted before. (laughs) And I told them that on the phone. I said, I want you to understand. We've not done this before. Well, that's okay. We've never had one before. (laughs) We had a beautiful site. We figured, hey, we know what we would want. Right. You know, we just, we had, it was a low, low, occupancy. Mm-hmm. They had just opened it up after a two-year closure by the state. And the rangers were great. Sherry was great. The secretary. The secretary. And <coughs> we just get, you know, I made chili one day and took it down to the office and we had lunch. Well, we would walk around. It was in October of 05. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had retired in, in, in August. And, you know, from that time until this time, you know, we were getting things ready to go. And it was our first stop, so we went out there, and and we didn't look like we told them. We didn't know what we were doing, right? And they couldn't give us any guidance. And I told them, I said, "Well, wait a minute. I know that other state parks in the in your state have, have camp posts. Mm-hmm. Can't you talk to them? Sure. You know, well, the, the ranger did, but but um, regardless but of that, so just have fun. And so we just started fun. walking around. We'd walk around, and, and we decide, well, we're going to host a s'mores party one night. And so we'd make up little flyers because we got our computer and our printer with us, and we make little flyers, and we just stick them on people's cars or in their tents or whatever as we walked around. Say, so come on over to our our site at, at six o'clock, and we'll have a sports party. Yeah. And 
I think we had in that one night we did that. I think we had everybody in the park there. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it's just sitting around talking and, and getting to know yeah. people and just, you know, comparing stories and telling lies to each other. Right. <laughs> How and great we were, is that? We yeah. were there for a month and yeah. it was just a very calm, wonderful experience. <laughs> so decompressing from real life into that lifestyle was probably the best experience. So this was your first stop. Our first, first time. And, and I got to tell you, the we met the, when we arrived, we met the the park superintendent, uh-huh. wonderful man. And he, he wasn't so sure he, he wanted to try Campos, but he said, I'm, I'm, I'll give it a try, you mm-hmm. know. And that whole month we were there, I was constantly bugging the rangers. What can I do to help you out? What can I, you know, give me something to do. You know, I'm, I'm just walking around talking to people. Say, that's what we want you to do. You know, that's what the camp hosts do, you know. And and I'd go out, you know, try to, they had some trees that had gone down across some of the trails. Mm-hmm. And I went out to try to help them clear it. Oh, no, you can't do that. You might get hurt, you know. <laughs> anyway, the day we, we left, we, 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 you know, packed up. Went down to the station, went in to thank everybody for their hospitality and everything. And and one rule that we had agreed upon that we were going to abide by was no matter where we were, we were always going to leave something behind that made the place better mm, than nice. when we we're got We make yeah. an improvement or, you and know, so do we, a project. We or... created some planting beds around their ranger office and put in flowers and everything that we, that we can uh, donate it. But we went in to thank them and, and, and say goodbye, and <laughs> they were all there, and and uh, they had made up a plaque for us. Oh wow! Yeah, thanking us and everything, and and they'd asked me to write down some guidelines for camp posts. Oh sure, for the next yeah. people. I said, oh, okay, fine. You know, I had to sit there and, and invent things really because I could say they wouldn't <laughs> let me do anything. You know? Walk around and talk to people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. interestingly enough, we we kept hearing that in other state parks later on. Yeah. The ranger's basic premise was, you're here to help the campers and to have a good time. And I want to see you having a good time with the campers. That's mm-hmm. your main job. Mm-hmm. If you can do something else, that's fine. But don't worry about that. You you know help the campers. Yeah. But So I made it a point to talk to the superintendent. And I said, okay. I said, the month has gone by. You weren't so sure you wanted campers. What do you think now? And he looked at me and he said, you know what? We're never not going to have campers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, we did our job. <laughs> right. I could see where that that lets them focus yeah. on their jobs. Well, it helped. You can, every um, state that we got to and every state park that we worked in, the one the one uh, uh, common thread for all of them was, you know, states are all cutting back on funds and budgets. Yeah. Yep. And and Does they all had lost volunteers? staff. And so that means there's fewer staff to do yep. You know the same amount of work, and so volunteers to them were critical, and they made sure they treated the volunteers very well. Well, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. they took care of you. You know, so so were you? You were were you vlogging at this point? I know you did. Oh, like yeah. a, we I think vlogging. we started it yeah. right off the bat. Right off the, right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. Yeah. So you planned going into this? We're going to yeah. keep a, a journal well, via vlog. We and... wanted we wanted to make sure that our family could keep in touch oh, with what okay. we were doing as well. Sure. Um, because there were sometimes that we were in areas where cell phone service wasn't as good as it might have been. Yellowstone was one of them. Right. But. We wanted them to be able to keep up on our, without having to repeat stories 
a hundred times to a hundred different people. Right. We wanted all of our friends and all of our coworkers and all the people that knew us, you know, before we left to be able to follow our journey. Right. You know, yeah. but it was, it was important to us that we just really immerse ourselves in the culture of whatever was around us. Right. We'd never spent time in the South. Not really, and that's mm. technically south. A little you know? Alabama, we were there for yeah, a short time. But right? I mean, before we yeah. had, I mean, we'd visited Disney World, you know, that right. type of thing. Yeah. So being immersed in the area with the the people that come to the parks for their weekend, not necessarily from somewhere else in the United States, but from the local area, was really important. And there was little tiny towns. And one of the things people wonder, well, how do you get your mail? And how do you, you know, sure, that yeah. type of thing. How do you? There are tons of services out mm. there, especially for full-timers. Everything that, that becomes your home address. That's where you vote. That's where you, and there are several states that make it very attractive for full-time RVers to become residents of the state. Their tax situation, like, we ended up in South Dakota. Okay. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is one of the cities that has several businesses that make it their job to take care of your voter registration and your driver's license registration and all the stuff that you can't do coming back to that state. They do it online and send you the information. Really? They send us our voter you know, all that, and they get all of our mail. Then they hold it until you tell them where you want it sent, and then they send it to general delivery or whatever. Well, this little tiny town that was right outside of Medoc Mountain had about 100 people at the most and seven churches. Whoa. <laughs> and one stoplight. <laughs> okay. Stoplight. Wow. In a, in a dollar general store. <laughs> And that's where we had our mail sent. So Gary went in to get the mail one day. There was this little old lady getting her mail because that they don't have mail delivery there. You have to come to the post office and get your mail. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. he went up to the window and there was nobody around. And this little lady, she said, you want something? He said, well, yeah, I'm here to pick up my mail. And then she called her, I can't remember what her name was, Ethel. Ethel, there's somebody here that needs mail. So he said, yeah, I've got general delivery for Gary Summers. She said, you're the general delivery guy. <laughs> We've never had general delivery before. <laughs> hey, 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 Hazel, Hazel, this is the general delivery guy I was telling so you So excited. The whole town knew so that there was a general delivery guy coming to town. knew that somebody had gotten mail <laughs> and at the local post office that was general delivery that they didn't live there. Who was this man? What was he doing yeah. here? You know, it was just the cutest thing. So every week he would go in while we were there. Hi, General Delivery yeah, Guy. Yeah, I was there. General Delivery Guy. They, they, Whoever was in the front of the post office would call back and say, Hey, that General Delivery Guy's here. That's you great. Know? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and great. those kinds yeah. of experiences uh -huh. that people that full-time RV have every day, it's not just the big fat show that you go to in Branson. It's not the, you know, it's the little experiences mm -hmm. 
that connect you to the people around the country that you find out are just like you. They may talk a little bit differently. They may dress a little bit differently. They may eat a little bit differently. But basically, we're all the same people. You know, we all get excited about things that are different or unusual. That's so cool. We didn't know actually where we were going to go after that because we wanted to be back in Wisconsin in December for Christmas. Okay. It was our first time away from home at Christmas and, you know, that type of thing. And we had no idea that full time RV. Uh, rigs don't like snow. Well, and oh, cold. I bet not. Yeah, we were told that our motorhome was winterized. reasonably winterized. Okay. And <clears throat> after leaving Medoc Mountain, actually, the Rangers at Medoc asked us if we would consider helping out in another state park for another month down the road. Okay, yeah. They had been hit with a hurricane. It was Carolina State Park, uh-huh. and <clears throat> they needed help. And it was right by Wilmington. And they could, it, our guys had called their guys and said, I got this, these work campers who are willing to come down. We think they'd be willing to come down and help you if you got a spot. Well, we got a spot for them, you know. Mm-hmm. So we went down there for a month. We and spent that was, Thanksgiving there. and So that was November. And so then we, we headed back to, to here and uh, for the holidays. And we, we, we got caught in a snowstorm coming back. Oh, no. And we, we pulled in, we were down in Illinois, and we pulled in to an RV park we found. The forecast, as I recall, the temperature is going to drop like 30 degrees overnight, and then we're going to get like 12 inches of snow. And I'm thinking, what in the heck are we doing? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be going the other way. So right. not, Follow the 70s. We woke up motto. in the morning, and, and I got I I I, to I back up. The motorhome, when we bought it, they had assured us had been... Checked over, oils had been changed, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I guess if there's one, one, you know, one thing I would tell new people to do if they're buying used equipment is be willing to take it to a dealer, a qualified dealer, and have pay that extra money to have it properly inspected. Sure, I, I didn't do that. Right. The the guy we bought it from kept it at a dealer and told us that it had been changed and all this stuff. Right. So we wake up the next morning in this snow-covered mess, and I fired up the coach to get it ready to go, and I noticed that after about 20 minutes, we weren't getting any heat out of the engine. Oh, no. And it was overheating. I went, what the heck's going on here? Well, I ran into the office at the RV park, and fortunately, right across the road from them was a truck maintenance repair facility. So I just, I didn't even ask. I just... Unplugged everything and we drove right over there. Sure. And I pulled right up to the overhead door and I walked in and I said, I got to get this thing inside. And I told them what the problem was. And luckily they let me let you go right in. in. We yeah. cleared the overhead yeah. door by an inch and a half. <laughs> to their air conditioning units on the roof. But it turned out that they, uh, the coolant was had not been winterized. It was just water. Water. Oh, no. So it froze. And so the mechanic sure. who's figuring this out, he says, well, he said, I'm not seeing anything yet, but we won't know until we have it totally thawed out and then drained and we can refill it and everything. He said, let's just hope that the free freeze plugs did their job. In a diesel engine, they have freeze plugs in case it does freeze. They pop out to relieve the stress on the engine block so you don't break or crack the engine block. And that's what happened. 
Oh, wow. So there was no damage. Got lucky. To the engine. Okay. Okay. And so they took care of us, and we were on our way. I mean, we were very, very, very lucky. But everything else froze as well. Yeah. The gray water tank, black water tank, oh, all no. of the pipes. Well, we weren't going to the... use it up here. We knew that. Right. No. And Tim and Marcy. Let us park it at. Tim Web ran a 30-amp service, electrical service, out of his shop door of his to business. Plug in the... So we could pull in there and, and plug in our electrical to it. Okay. We couldn't have water. Right. You know, so uh, we would basically fill our tanks by hand, you know, and then we, we could use it. But um, you couldn't really drain it. And, of course, we couldn't have any sewer hookups. Yeah. But luckily, right inside in their lower level, they had a lounge area. They said, go and use the restroom and the oh, showers and everything. Great. Nice. So the whole time we were here, they we, we did that. But it was a cold, wet, snowy December. Oh, we, no. Yeah, we went out to Home Depot and got that thick foam and cut it to fit the windows over the bed because help we were wearing coats yeah. and hats and we to bed. Heaters not, going. They're not built for it. And this wasn't. The propane I mean, there are ones that are. Not, you know, I mean, the windows are, you know. Tim brought out one of those big, huge blower heaters. Torpedo heater. And torpedo mm. heater and put it underneath the coach and the whole bit and got us on thawed gosh yeah. he was just amazing we didn't thaw out until and that we, did yeah. not deter them from doing this themselves wow yeah. <laughs> even after that wow that's pretty impressive and when we left there we were left we left to head out to arizona for that event that we were going to go to right and we were down by memphis and we pulled in for the night and we hadn't been able to use any of our water systems at all because they were you know froze up well we'd parked we'd parked and we had run in, decided to run into town for dinner or something. Mm -hmm. And when we came back, there was a note taped to the front door from the manager of the RV park. And it said, I was walking by and I noticed you got water dripping up from under one of your bays. And I went, oh, no. So I opened up the, I called it the plumbing bay. It's where all, all of our hookups went into. And sure enough, I saw water dripping, and not a slow drip. A fa real fast trip, and I thought I thought it was the uh, the overflow lines, but I wasn't sure. But there was an on-off valve to it. Couldn't couldn't control that at all. I thought, well, we can't have that, you know. So the next day, we found an RV uh, repair facility in the area that uh, could get us in, and uh, he he looked at it, and uh, it was it two needle valves for these two these two ports. And he was able to get them fixed. And you know, at this point, we've been on the road October, November, yeah. and December. Mm -hmm. We've had wonderful experiences, mm -hmm. personal experiences, but the equipment experiences yeah. are making us think, yeah. do we have the you know, smarts and the experience yeah. to, to handle this. There's a lot of maintenance with them. As much as a house. Right. Yeah. If not and more. I said, basically, you've got everything you have in a house, and it's on wheels getting bumped and blown and, and twisted, twisted and, and, and you know, jarred and all mm -hmm. that. And, and every single seal and crack, you know, 
We have no idea what we're doing, Gary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we have no But we were learning real fast. So and are you starting to have cold feet? You're starting to have you second know, guessing I, I a little bit? I wasn't having here. second thoughts about the, the experience. I was having second thoughts about whether we could handle the equipment needs or were we going to be spending thousands of dollars every time we stopped right. on repair. Right. So <clears throat> we have to either get smart enough to know how to fix little things or recognize little things as they happen Mm -hmm. or we have to come up with a lot more money than we have right you know so that's when you go to and you you get online and you read about things and so our downtime when we weren't experiencing the country was making ourselves familiar with RVs and what they what it takes to run them, what it takes to fix them. I didn't know you had to take the anode rod out of the water heater or the you know that it disappears over time and I didn't know that the propane thing blows out for the refrigerator when you're going down the road, you got to have a little cover for it and I didn't know that the the box on top that gets us our TV was going to change and it wasn't going to be any good anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, all these things that it was like being a newlywed with your first house, you know, just after you leave your parents. Sure. sure. What's a furnace builder? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's all of these things. A lot of people said, "I, I love to cook and I love to bake and I love to I'm a quilter and I, you know, I took my sewing machine. I took my, you know, all this stuff. And how do you have a tiny little kitchen and cook the kind of meals that you used to cook and how, you know, Mm -hmm. and bake like you used to bake. We luckily had a very small oven, Mm -hmm. but you had to get half size things for Mm -hmm. everything. Sure. But I grew up in. A thousand square foot house with three little bedrooms and a bathroom with my family. My mom had a kitchen that wasn't any bigger than the kitchen in the RV. Okay. The room was bigger, but the space wasn't any different. And she did fantastic things. I learned how to cook in a kitchen like Mm -hmm. that, you know. So the adjustment from previous life to RV life can be a little daunting at times, especially if you haven't RV'd before. You this is all new while you're doing it. So basically, the first year was wending our way through wonderful experiences (laughs) in life, right? And daunting experiences with equipment. (laughs) You know, it was. Always something, and a lot know? of them were were ridiculous. They when I got those needle valves fixed, while the guy was there, I thought I got to ask him this question because ever since we got in the motorhome, we take a shower, and the water would go hot, cool, hot, cool while you're showering. I hmm. couldn't figure out, and I I pulled all of my manuals, I read all of my manuals, I couldn't find anything that told me what's this. So I thought it was thermostats on the on the water heater. Sure, makes sense. I changed thermostats. Okay. It didn't make any difference. <laughs> okay. So I know I had the right thermostats on me. I'm going crazy. So I asked this guy, can you help me out with this one other problem before, you know? And he goes, sure, what's that? And I told him what it was. He goes, he just looked at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I took <laughs> and him in. at that point, we were. <laughs> and I was. And 
I opened up the access panel and I said, there's the water here. What's... And he reaches in and he grabs his lever and he pulls it, you know, like 90 degrees. Yeah. It's just a, you know, one of those on-off water line lever. He said, it'll be okay now. What is that? Yeah, what'd you do? He said, that's called the bypass lever. I said, yeah, so? Well, he said, when you winterize a heater, a water heater, you shut that off so that nothing goes through the water heater. So, Because you, you, when you winterize an RV, you put RV antifreeze into the system. It's bright pink. And you yes. don't want that to go into your water heater, if at all possible. So uh-huh. this bypasses it and just runs around it. And and protect your water heater, and so then when the you're ready to use it, you flush out the system. You just open it up. You know, I said my manual doesn't say anything about that. Huh? He goes, no, no. And I, That's, I, you just got to know that when you're born, somebody's <laughs> got to tell you that. Because <laughs> right. I literally, exactly. I looked at every manual I had, and I said, show me. You know, I'm, you know, we we were sitting there together. Find that doggone bypass word, and we couldn't find it. You right. know, yeah. so it wasn't because we were stupid. It was because we didn't know. Right. And it was and something. It was something that simple. Yeah. And Experience. that's. I guess that's the other thing is you know you, you trust that the people who sell you the equipment or you you know they're not always going to know either. Right. And the most knowledge you're going to find is that that guy parked next to you. Yeah. Yep. And when you're you're in that RV park or that campground or whatever, and you run into a problem, that was I learned that really quickly. Take a little walk. Find somebody out in the yard and say, hey, you know, you got a minute? What do you know about? Yeah. And have you ever had this happen? You know, that happened to me last year, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. You can always find somebody that's got the, that same problem or had it and can tell you how to fix it. And what a great way, really, to meet somebody. It is. And they get to, you know, yeah. you get to the, one, with them and, yeah. the one thing we found out is that I figured out that the RV parks of today, some most of them, are like the old-fashioned neighborhoods of yesterday. Uh, neat. I like that. They're the ones where you're still talking across the fence. You're mm-hmm. still having coffee in the morning. You're still out on the patio at night instead of watching TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still sharing experiences, family, everything. And we got to experience not only fabulous country in a way that when you fly someplace and drop in for a week and fly out, you don't experience. You can't. It's no. the tourist and the... Exactly. And the, yeah. We experienced it, that and the old-fashioned neighborhood camaraderie that people don't I love that. anymore. They also has the neighborhood cranks, too. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> You've got those, too. That's everywhere. That's yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. spent um, our time volunteering at state parks, volunteering at national parks. And one of the first things we, we decided when we wanted to go on the road was that we wanted experiences, but we also wanted an opportunity to give back. Like you know, that. and so at one of the parks, they had um, the site for, it was in Belfair, Washington, and it was what they call a, a, a more of a city park. It was a state park, but it was as if it existed where the country club does here, oh, okay. where you could drive 10 minutes to the grocery store, you know. And Belfair is on the Hood Canal. It's south of Bremerton in Seattle. And the Hood Canal is one of the biggest oyster. Oh, wow. 
canals in the country. Sounds delicious. And it had been closed to oystering for 19 years. Oh. Belfair also had what's called a red stream, the salmon spawn in it. So you can't walk in it because the salmon eggs will get destroyed. Okay. So that was another part of our job was make sure the little kids weren't going wading in the salmon stream. Uh, yeah. But the site where the camp host was had a beautiful log pole with a cedar roof, but all they did, all the camp hosts that had been there before us had done, is just store equipment there. So we decided, nah, this place needed a party hut. Oh, cool. We cleaned out all the underbrush around it, got lights in it, put a, put a carpet down, put a, uh, uh, a picnic table in there, and every Friday night we hosted toddies. For everybody. And people would come and they would, because that Belfair was a unique park in that most of the people that came for the weekend lived in Port Washington or Seattle or, you know, Port Townsend or one of the cities right around there. And that was where they went for the weekend. Oh, neat. Cool. So we had repeat people. They would just make their reservations for every weekend for the whole season. So we got to know a lot of people. We got to know the DNR people that were there. They would they opened up the Hood Canal for the first time in 19 years. And when the tide went down, there was masses of oysters. Of oysters. How cool is and that? And we got taught how to eat them yeah. and how to cook them. And the DNR guy would bring big king salmon down and cook it on the grill for everybody. It was just, it was a fabulous experience. We were there for a couple of months, and we just wanted to continue those types of experiences Mm -hmm. because we really enmeshed ourselves in the culture of the area. We did wine tours, and we we had a little diner that was at the airport that served fried halibut on Friday night for fish fry, and that's the first Friday night fish fry we'd encountered anywhere but Wisconsin. and. We just really enmeshed ourselves in that area while we were there. Then we'd move someplace else and do the same thing. One of our greatest experiences was committing to work six months a whole summer. Actually, work. No, no, this is different. This This is is Yellowstone. Oh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone only has paid help. Oh, because all of their campgrounds are run by an outside firm. It's not run by the park the park department. Okay. So a, a firm called Zantera runs all of the campgrounds in Death Valley, Yosemite, Grand all Canyon, the all yeah. the concessions, all the hotels, all the parks, all everything. They run it all. Interesting. And they hire. And you go through a, a hiring process, but you have to commit to be there for the whole season. And you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where you're going to well, live. Well, you, you have an well, idea. When we were in Quartzsite with our group, Ken and Sandy are, became our best friends mm-hmm. in Arvine. And then Henry and, um, and, and, and the six of us all decided, let's do Yellowstone together. Okay. And we'd commit for the summer. So Yellowstone or Zantara had a, a booth at this these big tents, the vendor tents at this uh, this uh, winter winter event. 
And so we just stopped there and we said, well, we want to talk, you know, how do we, how do we uh, apply? Mm-hmm. So they gave us paperwork and whatever, but we had to do it online and everything. So we all filled out it. Well, Ann and Henry, they backed out. But Ken and Sandy and Jenny and I decided we're going to do it together. But we're only going to do it together. So when we sent our applications in, we said, we only will agree to do this, you know, work for you if we can be parked by each other in the RV park mm-hmm. and we can work together. Okay. And we have the same schedule so that we can be together on our days off and whatever. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. So we want to explore Yellowstone. Together. Yeah. 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 Right. And if us, you're yeah. committed to 40 hours a week, you the free time, yeah. you want to make sure that it's the so same. So we send right. off the applications. And this is this is almost a year in advance. We're applying for the 2007 season, and it's in 2006. Okay. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember when we started getting feedback, but all of a sudden... Jenny and Sandy, uh, um, Sandy and Ken, they all get responses and say, yeah, fine. I don't get one. You don't get one. I'm going, what's going on here? Because Ken and I both applied to the maintenance department. Uh-huh. And, and the girls had applied to the uh, RV park there for to be uh, clerks. I think they're homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sure. so Ken's information gave him the name of the director, the maintenance director we'd be working for, or he'd be working for. So I called the guy and I said, I'm so-and-so. And I sent him my application the exact same time my, my buddy did, Ken, you know, and he's been contacted, but I've not heard a word. And he's, the guy's name was Dale Fowler. And he, that's odd. He said, let me look into it and I'll get back to you. You mm-hmm. know. Meanwhile, we got contacted by an RV park in St. Cloud, Minnesota. By this time we had been, you know, doing a number of different parks and our names had gotten out there on the work camper site oh. where you can, you can, you can look for site, you know, places to to work or, or, or to volunteer or whatever. And the, and places can look for work campers. If you want the best Gary and Jenny. Well, you, you would fill, <laughs> you'd fill out your resume yeah. and then the employers could look at your resume online and, and you would always be rated by the previous employer uh, sure. yeah. and see, and well, I would say within three months, that mean being three different places that we'd serve, we started getting phone calls asking for us to come instead of us having to call them. Right. And this fe- this fellow from St. Cloud calls called Chris, and St. Cloud Campground, and he says, "I I saw your resume. I'd really like to have you guys come out here in 2007." And I said, well, that'd be great. I says, but I can't promise you anything because I'm waiting here back from Yellowstone National Park. And I said, and I'll be honest with you, no offense to your park. I've never even <laughs> seen it. But if I have to choose between your park and Yellowstone, guess where I'm going? Right. For the he whole said, summer. the same place I would probably go. Yeah. You know, he was real great about it. But he said, but keep me informed. I said, well, I'll do that. Meanwhile, I'm talking to Yellowstone, calling them back and forth. They can't find my application, blah, blah, blah. You know? So they said, well, apply for anything. Dale told me this. Apply for anything just to get you out here, and then I'll get you transferred over here. Okay. So, let's see. I, I applied as a bus driver, which I had been mm-hmm. for the city for years. And I applied as a, as a security guard. I, there was one, a third one. and, and um, A, a bu- tour operator. And, well, tour yeah. operator. That was the bus driver. And in the middle of each one of these... I'd get another phone call from Chris in St. Cloud saying, 
Well, have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? And I said, well, yeah. I, he says, I applied. I said, I applied for security. I'm waiting to hear from that. He goes, security. He says, did I tell you we have new riding lawnmowers here? <laughs> and and I said, well, no. He says, well, we've got brand new ones. He said, you get to you get to use them. I said, well, that's really interesting. You know, the next time he calls, which is like a week later, and we're talking, he says, oh, you you applied for security. He says, well. I'll put a yellow beacon on it for you. <laughs> and I said, Chris, I said, I really appreciate all the efforts, but I said, I, you know, not until I have a definitive answer can I answer you, you know? And he's like, okay, okay. He was, he was great about it. Mm -hmm. And um, it made us want to go there. I finally sure. said, I finally said, Here, I'll make you a deal, Chris. I said, if we end up going to Yellowstone, I promise you we will come to St. Cloud in 2008. No, neat. I said, guaranteed we'll be there. Right. He said, well, that's all I can ask for. He said, if I can get you for 2007, that's fine, but okay. So finally, we got it all straightened out, and of course, we, we all ended up going to Yellowstone. Okay. And uh, Yellowstone's an unusual place in that there are so many people that work there, but it's so huge. People completely oh. underestimate how big this place right? is. Right, yeah. It's basically a huge amount of land with a figure eight road. Right in the middle of that figure eight is where Fishing Bridge RV Park. It is the only park in Yellowstone that has hookups. Oh, wow. Every other campground in Yellowstone does not have hookups. No electricity. No electricity. No. They nothing. may have water hookups. They might have water, but, but, that's but there's no sewer connection. There's no. Yeah. So mostly people, and you can't stay very long. Because there's so many people that are requesting. Mm -hmm. they You can't stay very long. They're booked so, up solid right now for this coming season. Wow. Yeah. And it gets, it's even more and more, as yeah. you see on the newscast. So, but you as workers, you had a site. For we the have, six a, they had that... a, an employee parking. Oh, I see. And it was, it was only two years old. Oh. It was beautiful. It, but there's a difference in yeah. that the people that work at the individual campgrounds are required to stay right. there. But because they worked in maintenance and at the Lake Hotel, which is kind of in the center of the park, and we worked at Fishing Bridge, which was the RV park, we were allowed to park in the employee RV park, mm -hmm. which was gorgeous. Nice. Yeah. It was absolutely gorgeous. They left it completely natural. But we had beautiful laundry rooms. We had beautiful shower sure, rooms. Totally paved. It site, was. They you know, had hookups for propane. You know the whole bit. Except but for what ours. What was incredible about it was that it, at one time or another, had been the direct route for bison for years and years and years. Oh wow! It had been the home for bears for right. years and years and years. People don't understand that Yellowstone is not a park that has animals. It is an animal sanctuary that allows you to visit there. Right. We had an experience that very few people, except people that work there or our park rangers, have. Because we were there for six months. We got there in snow and we left there was snow. Wow. Yeah. In that, we had an incredible summer of weather. Otherwise, yeah, we were able to. I ended up being activities director. In other words, people would come in and and they would register, 
and then they would come over to my desk and I'd help them pick out activities, Mm -hmm. you know, the circle tour or the cowboy dinner or, you know, and get them registered for that. You have two weeks of training on computers when you work as a check-in clerk or a manager or anything because they still use a DOS-based system. Oh, my goodness. Back then they did. Wow. Now, I'm sure it's been upgraded, but it might not be. Right. They're not spending money in parks. Right. They're putting up cell phone towers now. The unique and unbelievable experience we had, we we had uh, a certain uh, carrier for our phone. Okay. But otherwise, we actually contracted for a landline at our thing, at our RV site. And they had set up for that so that we could have phone service. Sure. Because very few cell phones worked and there at 2007. Sure. But it takes, people would come in and their first mistake was thinking that they could experience Yellowstone in two days. It's just way too big. It's just huge. It takes you an hour and a half to get from the center of the figure eight up to the north east, northwest corner, which is Gardner and Mammoth Hot Springs. Yeah. It takes you an hour and a half to get to Old Faithful from the center. Right. In order for you to experience Yellowstone the way it should be experienced, you need at least 10 days. At least, minimum. Oh, minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah, if you really want to see it. And right. if yeah. you do that, you're. I would. I always recommend... That you start in the center and experience the southern end and the Tetons, uh-huh. and then go up to Mammoth and then experience the top loop. Okay. And they have an incredible touring operation that is immensely helpful. If you take the circle tour that they offer, it's not cheap. But they will get you to the highlights of the whole park in one day. Wow. But that gives you the touchstones to go back to experience what you'd like to experience. I see. Sure. The thing that we experienced in Yellowstone that we didn't expect is the incredible stupidity of the most of the people that visit there. And what would be an example of that? Um, we what time of do you <laughs> what time do you let do they let the animals out in the what, morning? <laughs> what time do they let the No, they're there what all the time. What do you mean there's no swimming pools here? Oh no. You don't have Wi Fi here? <laughs> is there is there a place where I can get honey? <laughs> can you get honey? <laughs> yeah, there's a store right down the street. I you know, well, I'm going to put some on my child's face and sit him on a rock, and hopefully a bear will lick it a off. Bear will, yeah, that would be what could go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to set my child on the back of this buffalo that's sleeping what? and get a picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my goodness. And there are 20 that's... by 20 foot signs that say, do not get any closer than 25 feet. These are wild yeah. animals, yeah. I yeah. call it the Disneyization of America. Sure, yeah. Because most, there there are a lot of people that their only exposure to a natural environment or animals is through Disney. Right. And mm-hmm. people die in Yellowstone every year, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah. From, yeah, bear yeah. attacks. Unbelievable. And, yeah. They do yeah. not, and people are not 
aware of how dangerous the thermal fields are. Oh, that too. Yeah, they go off a trail and then... They go off and they think, I want to see that. They will die in under a minute. What yeah. they don't, what people don't realize too, there with in relation to those, you've seen the pictures of people walking on boardwalks around right. those thermal layers. Every spring or at the beginning of every season, the park service literally has to go in and build new ones every year because the old ones collapse. Right. And so now the ground is unstable. They got to move, you know, the, the structure out of the way so people can still walk on. Or new ones have opened up, right, uh-huh. right where the the the, the, walkway uh, the, the walkway was or is, and so they got to move it out of the way so they don't get you know spewed with hot steaming water or mm-hmm. vapors and things. So they're literally recreating all these pathways that people can walk on to see you know see these wonderful things. Every year. Every year. Wow. Every year. That's amazing. And they've got little signs. I mean, just off these walkways, because the walkways were only you know, a foot or two above the ground. We've got these signs, you know, do not enter, do not leave the walkway. And people walk right past the sign to go up by and have their picture taken by the thing, you know, not realizing the thing could erupt or collapse the, or whatever, the, the, you know. The selfie revolution has created yeah. a whole new era of uninformed and idiotic people. Yeah, right. Another you great know. example is I had my own truck. I worked for the maintenance department at the holiday or the uh, hotel. I had to drive over there every morning to work and I was probably two miles away. Mm-hmm. And I'd leave, leave our RV park and I'd drive out to the main road and I'd turn right. I'd go down a ways and then I'd you know make my turns towards the hotel. And on my way, after I turned right on the main road, just maybe a quarter mile up to the right, was a National Park uh, horse corral. Okay. Where they kept the horses they used for, you know, some of the, the wagon rides and, and things like this, you okay. know. And it was within sight of the road. Well, every morning at the time I'd head into work, there was a herd of elk. They followed the path every morning, and I'd pretty much see them off probably 100 yards in a, in a field that I was driving by, just walking, you know, following their little path, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I get out to the main road one day, and it's bumper to bumper cars. I had never seen that. Oh, are they? Are they? We call them bear jams, but mm-hmm. there could be elk jams because the people are stopped to look at the elk Bison or whatever. Jam. <laughs> but they're most often referred to as bear jams. And um, that hour and a half drive we're talking about—that mm-hmm. doesn't include lost time for bear jams. Stop. You <laughs> might right. that hour and a half, maybe two and a half hours, because yeah. you're stuck in the middle of a. Bison jam, you know, or whatever. Sure. Anyway, finally somebody lets me in. So I, I get into the line of traffic and I inch along. I get up around the curve and I almost fell out of the truck. We weren't having an elk jam. We weren't having a bison jam. We were we were having a horse jam. People were stopping. People were parking their cars, jumping out, running up and taking pictures of the horses. And they weren't even wild horses. They're no, just... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> that's great. you've never seen a horse? Really? You know, well, please. <laughs> it's have, in Yellowstone. Yeah. So it that's exactly special. right. I have, to, I have to admit that what surprised me about Yellowstone the most was how dedicated they are to keeping that park as oh, yeah. natural and as unintruded upon as possible right. while still 
making it a destination for tourism. Sure. You know, as far as that's a big that's a big task. That's a yeah. big it's challenge. It's an to, incredible balancing right. act yeah. because you want people there to experience it. And the see tourists, it. they're impatient. They don't have time. They're stressed out with their lives. They don't allow themselves. And that was one thing about RVing mm-hmm. that we enjoyed mm-hmm. was that after we made that adjustment from real life to full-time RVing, on the stress level just went uh, way down because well, there was absolutely nowhere or nothing that you had to do mm-hmm. or had to be. Except mm-hmm. fix the RV. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> we we continued basically through our whole time spending most of our time west of the Mississippi and that was a personal choice mostly because we wanted we had spent a lot of our our vacation time and our regular lifetime east of the Mississippi okay. so west of the Mississippi was a bigger invitation to us Mm, mystery yeah Mm -hmm. there was several places that surprised us only because it wasn't a particular destination of ours but once we were there we were absolutely blown away by its beauty wow idaho was one of them sure Um, montana was a lot more uh, advertised beauty Mm-hmm. Idaho was something. I mean, how many times do you talk to somebody and say, "Oh, I can't wait to go to Idaho." Right. You know, I mean, you think potatoes. Uh, it is one of the most incredibly beautiful areas. And we happened to um be at a Dorshack Reservoir as a camp host there with Ken and Sandy, mm-hmm. and it was at It the, was their fault we got there. At honestly. the confluence of the Snake River and the Columbia River. Okay. And it's where Lewis and Clark spent a winter. And it happened to be the anniversary of Lewis and Clark. It was 2006, and that was, and so there were, were, um, we went to all the museums and all that. Plus, there is a Grand Canyon of the Snake River. Okay. It is actually deeper than the Grand Canyon that we are aware of. But it's small, and it's hard to get to, Uh and it's not... Advertised, yeah, you know. Not as well known. We we ran into things like that, that your average person traveling, like you usually do in regular life, don't come across because you have to be there and you have to be there for a certain length of time mm-hmm. to talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that every experience we had was positive. No. There were a lot of things sure, nothing that were is, frustrating. Right? But it's kind of like I said, the life experiences were absolutely, I would have done it for the rest of my life. The equipment experiences, like you experience in your own home mm-hmm. and your, with your own car, were one of the reasons that pulled us off the road. Sure, um, You've got... Um, a $250,000 vehicle that you are constantly having to repair. Right, right. And the older it gets, the less value it has. And the more it probably breaks down. Uh, well, and, yeah. and, and exactly. Mm-hmm. And you have 
increasing costs for fuel Mm -hmm. and places to stay Mm -hmm. and just the economy. The from 2008 until 2012 was one of the worst economic periods. Yeah. You remember that in sure. the United the States. Great recession, yeah. yeah. And we happened to be out <clears throat> in the world at that time mm-hmm. and experiencing a static income with an extremely fluctuating economy. Uh-huh. And when you feel like you have to get a job at a grocery store in order to support the lifestyle, then it's time to rethink whether that's the yeah. life you want I to live. It. Yeah, yeah, that makes, yeah. And that's what happened to us. So yeah. that's what happened to us. And there's other factors. Mm-hmm. Um, had you planned on doing it longer than that? You, we didn't know how long we'd be on. We, we had there. no idea right. whether we, we would even We figured it. that. You know the 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 one thing that would probably you know bring us back here might be family concerns. Sure, but we thought until th- that happens, we're just going to continue. But then you know, as Jenny kind of indicated, things started to get really you know much more difficult. Yeah, because of the expense cost, yeah. we we found we were sitting for longer periods of time. When in fact, I mean, our idea was you know spend some t- time one in place and, and move on. You right. know. And now all of a sudden we're spending six months in one place, and then we move, and we spend six months in another place. Right. Yeah. And we thought this is not what we came out here for, right. you know. Yeah. So, so you know, all those things combined kind of said, you know, maybe it's time for us to to head on back to reevaluate. And again, we actually thought when we first left, well, this is going to give us an opportunity to evaluate a number of areas that we might want to settle in when we do quit our being. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were doing that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and we both fell in love with the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Just loved it. And and other but then as things progressed, you know, we started to see, well, there's good things about Janesville. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, so but you know. primarily it was family. Gotcha. Family you and know, friends. Right. You know that I mean but uh, I'm fifth generation Janesville. Yeah. Gary came in sixth grade, but I'm fifth generation Janesville. I mean, my grandparents' parents and grandparents were from Janesville. So there's a a lot of. Yeah, Yeah. especially at the time. Now, if my parents. See, um, I have a lot of longevity in my family. My Mm. father's 91 and my mother's 87. Oh, okay. You're not going anywhere soon. And my father just went into a nursing home uh, three weeks ago uh-huh. and my mother will be moving to assisted living once we can arrange it. But up until then they were completely, my dad at 89 was still painting houses. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. You know, <laughs> mowing two lawns. Yeah. <laughs> His yeah. And the neighbors. Like, but once that happens, once there's that tipping point, uh-huh. you know, But we started noticing um, some things in discussions with family and things like that, that it would be important for us to be back in Jayville. Because my brother's in Chicago, still works full-time, and my sister is Milwaukee and just retired this year. And so there was no family, you know, immediate family for them to call on. Mm-hmm. And at the point that we came home, it wasn't important. They were still completely independent. But I didn't want to come home when they needed us mm-hmm. 
because I didn't want them to feel guilty about oh, that. pulling you from the road. I get exactly. It. Yeah. We wanted to come home and enjoy reestablishing our wonderful connections right, here. Right. And we have had kind of a roller coaster mm-hmm. and there was a reason why we were led to come off led the road, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think that's the same with everybody. Sure. We, sure. we, uh, kind of getting back to the, the we didn't spend all of our time in, in state and national parks as much as we would have liked. Yeah. We, we found out that, you know, if you, uh, agreed, with uh, uh, a commercial campground to work mm-hmm. for them, you you get paid a wage and you have a certain number of hours in some to of work. Them. Uh-huh. You know, in yeah, some of them. it depended. But um, you know, uh, you, you would get your site and things like this, and that that St. Cloud RV Park campground was that kind of a place. You know, okay, where you get paid and yeah, right. yeah. But um, and and for the most part those worked out well we had a couple of bad experiences yeah. and like like we and said earlier that like happens any job you right. know that you know, happens but like saint cloud was a fabulous that was, experience that we, we we're still in touch with those folks right quite and honestly. we you had know, so. we actually had a fabulous experience in anaheim california too yeah oh cool and that was right in the middle of the city we were we, city. two blocks we away were, from disneyland oh my goodness yeah it was just an incredible incredible our experience. first night there this was this was just hilarious i, I I marvel at this every time I think about it. We we got there, we got <clears throat> set up, and I don't know who we were talking to, probably one of the other employees or something, but uh, every night, it, it, I don't remember what month it was we got there. Was it April or I, I forget? You remember? No, I, I no, we left in April. Okay. We got there in October. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, but every night, Disneyland set off fireworks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and one of these people said, well, "Have you been here for the fireworks yet?" And I said, "No, this is our first night." Well, you're in for a treat. Okay, what we can see him? Oh yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, it's dark enough. All of a sudden, we you know start seeing the fireworks, and and then you know those big the boomers that yeah. go off. They're yeah. not a firework. Yeah. We were so close to Disneyland. Those went off and started setting off car alarms. Oh no! So <laughs> and. And I mean, after after five minutes, you're hearing like forty car alarms going off all over the neighborhood, you know. And this happened every night. I'm going, how did they get away with doing that? Minutes, you know? But it still, it was just hilarious because as soon as they started the fireworks, we Disney. We look and say, okay, here it comes, here you know, come. boom, boom, boom. You know? One of the wonderful. It was hilarious. One of the wonderful side effects of working in a Disney park mm-hmm. um, is the the parks right around Disney are hired by Disney to sell tickets. They're or licensed by Disney to sell tickets and transportation and things like that. Sure. And we meet certain quotas, and Disney does incredible things for the employees oh, of those parks. We had a special day at Disney that... They had us a special meal and the whole bit for all of us. We went on a scavenger hunt through the whole park, and then we got prizes. We got to go. We had Disney tickets, probably six or seven hundred dollars worth of free oh, yeah. Disney tickets the six months we were there. Wow. Yeah. Plus SeaWorld. They took us down in a bus. 
we got to eat lunch where we could reach right down and touch Shamu. Wow. You know, that things like cool. that. Yeah. So those types of experiences were wonderful, you know. Uh, well, I can tell from both of you, it's, I'm more excited now than when I walked in the door <laughs> well, about good. my, uh, we, we like, <laughs> and I've got more ideas. I like the camp worker idea, yeah. and it, yeah. uh, that's something I yeah. hadn't thought about. Yeah. Check it out online, workcamper.com. Okay, so um, you had a vlog, and you said you can still access that? It's as far journal. as I know. Yeah, if you it's look up Live journal, journal uh-huh. that was the company that you could set up a, a blog. Right. And, um, and you I ever think, go back and read through any of those? I never no. have, and I really <laughs> should. Towards did most the, of it. I, I did, yeah. In fact, when we were doing it, when I, we were active, if I didn't post something, say for two days for some reason, I started getting messages from yeah, people my were, followers saying, "Where? Oh, yeah. what's, what's yeah. going on? Where is right. something wrong? You know, you're not posting anything. It's you know, probably guys like me living vicariously through you. Well, I don't know what's, uh, a lot of people said that, and surprisingly, what was funny was it didn't happen regularly, but occasionally, you know, wherever we were, you know, you'd meet somebody. Oh, hi, how you doing? I'm Gary. You know, but. I follow your life journey. On the road again. again. They say, you're on the road road again. again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's us. (laughs) But what was interesting was towards the end, we started getting all these, I guess you'd call them spams, I guess, from Russia. Oh, no, yeah. And we get these weirdest messages. Yeah. And I thought, what the heck is this? the beginning of the end. And I thought, yeah, this (laughs) is getting a little weird now, you know. Mm. But uh, Unfortunately, yeah. Pretty yeah. common now, but uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed doing it, and it was a way of connecting with everybody. Sure. You know? Well, you've been a wealth of information. Tim and Marcy oh. were uh, were right that you guys are awesome for the podcast, and maybe we can do it again. Absolutely, oh, we, we have more stories. There's a, I, there's a ton more I'd love to ask you. Absolutely, oh, yeah. we didn't so. let you ask much. We kind of <laughs> I can tell there's a, and the way you guys both light up when you start telling your oh, stories. Yeah. It's uh, um, if we yeah you did ask obviously. Uh, do we have an RV now? We don't. But when we win the lottery, <laughs> you go right back to it. Not full time. Okay. But we'll be doing it like be like Tim and, and Marcy are right. doing it. We'd go, yeah. you know, a couple months at a time and then sure. come back or something. Sure. But absolutely, we miss it. Yeah. We we don't miss the hassles. Yeah. But of course, if we won the lottery, we wouldn't have to worry about the hassles as much. Sure. <laughs> you nope. know? Just Tim and, fix Tim it. and yeah. Marcy are different RVers yeah. than we are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because. Tim is an organizational, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got this straight path that he wants to take, and at 205, you're going to be here, and it's, you know, <laughs> we we were a little more seat of your pants, mm-hmm. oh, let's stay another day, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he's becoming a little more flexible that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. but um, he definitely plans you know, his their trips yeah. out a little bit more. Yeah, he said that. Yeah. yeah. He does the plan. Oh, he yep. does. Yeah. Yep. yep. One thing we, we didn't mention, we should, I guess, because it became very, very important, at least to me, and I think it was to her too. We very quickly developed uh, uh, the blue list and the pink list of things to do. The blue list and the pink list. Yeah, that's uh, what we call it. This. This well, be a great well, this is uh, this is for closing advice. The yeah. blue link and the pink blue list. This is for when you're getting list. ready to leave a, a spot to move on. Okay. And when you arrive at the next spot then to, to set up. And the pink list is for the lady to do everything that's needed inside uh, the coach. Okay. The and blue some list things outside. is 
I'm doing all the outside yeah. stuff. I'm, you know, yeah. doing all the hookups. I'm setting up the satellite dish and all that kind of stuff, you know. Everything's put down and, and latched then, and then there's connected. the purple list that the you have list. to do together. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That was kind of, it wasn't really written down. It's just kind of out there. But we got learned real quickly. We have to use that one too. But Oh, uh, and yeah. the other thing that every single RVer must have. Yeah. Is bounce. Bounce. Yeah. Like the dryer sheet. Uh-huh. Yep. It keeps the mice away. Oh, yep. I've heard, you know, I do that for my pop-ups. I put the yep. bounce in and, and it works. That's and exactly what we did with the motorhome. Bounce we dryer ne- sheets for we, winterizing. We had mice after we left Yellowstone. Uh, of course, we had buffaloes by our patio yeah. every day oh, at goodness. 6 o'clock. And we <laughs> had coyotes curled up in the, in the lawn chairs in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and wild. we had bugling elk. That's cool. Oh, yeah. And then we had Pooh Bear. Yeah. Pooh Bear. Yeah. Well, Pooh Bear was a small bear that was one of twins that was born to a mama bear who died. Oh no! And they were old enough to be on their own, but not old enough to really get all the information on how to exist well uh-huh. in the wild. So Pooh Bear would come in and he would eat sewer hoses. Oh, 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 yeah. That's why that's got bear. a poo bear. <laughs> yeah, and they ended up having to relocate Pooh Bear uh-huh. because he was just was no, sewer hoses no he was just too familiar with oh, and comfortable with, with humans. People. Yeah, sure. And pe- that's what people don't realize yeah. is it's not just for their safety that the rules are in place; it's for the animals' right. safety yeah. because it used to be you know you'd fed a marshmallows out the window. Well, once they become used to humans being the source of food, it is a disaster. Right, right. I was driving over one day from the hotel to RV, uh, to Fishing Bridge, to do a job. And as I was coming down the road, I saw a fellow up ahead walking his dog on the shoulder. Yeah. It was, you know, in the the nice weather, so I had the windows down the truck. And as I was approaching, I noticed off to the right and probably 10 yards behind him in the tall weeds i could see the weeds moving oh no he had a coyote found oh sure and Looking so i just i pulled that. up alongside the guy and luckily i had the window down <laughs> and i just said i don't want you to get excited i said nothing's going to happen if you don't get crazy i said but you got a coyote following you walking walking along here and i said when you get up to the bridge just you know turn right and cut across the bridge and he can't follow you uh-huh why is he following me? I said, oh, he's not following you. He's following your <laughs> he's dog. Following the dog. They lose several dogs sure. because people do yeah. not take the advice when they're checked in. Right. They are yeah. told, do not leave your animal outside right. of your RV or your tent or whatever. Because the coyote and coyotes hunt in packs and oh, they yeah. can yeah. take down a German Shepherd. Oh, they can, sure. yeah. you know. The other thing is people will grill out. And they'll go back in their camper to get ketchup or whatever, and they'll come back, and the coyotes have run off with their food. Oh yeah, they're sneaky. They're gonna they get can't. Right you up can't leave. They're they're, out. they're, the they're sitting there watching and, all yeah. the time. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They call it the bear talk because yeah. if you've ever seen a cooler that a bear wanted to get into, yeah. right. you would realize how yeah. strong they are. Right. Yeah. Well, we got to do this again. That's thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, be happy thank to. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure, enjoyed it. Welcome. Yep. Thank you. There's so much more I want to ask. So, but we'll end the podcast there. We're over an hour already. So, yeah. um, 
That's a good length. And thanks again. You're and, welcome. Oh, thank um, you. I look forward to hearing after you guys win the lottery on uh, <laughs> what RV. We'll you take you on an RV trip. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. You bet. All right. Thank you. You're welcome.